0: Oh, dear, I'm so glad David Tennant's gone. Oh, you didn't love David. How how many times did he go? 76 times. It was rubbish. It was rubbish. An actor who, you know, is playing a part of Doctor Who. Go away. Thank you, Anthony. See you tomorrow. No, I was bored with it. I watched it, and I thought... In fact, I actually... At one point, I left it to go and do something more interesting. I don't know, feed the cat or something. And... Not my yeah. cat. I'll make it up. And, um... And and I came back, and he still hadn't died. So I went away, made a cup of tea, put some broccoli on, and it came back. He was still not dead. And then somebody worked it out that over the last, I don't know, three or four months, David Tennant has been on every programme talking about the demise. Who gives us stuff? Nobody cares. And then he morphs into what can only be described as a child with bad hair. I mean, one minute he's there, he's on the floor, and then, okay, I've got my hair, my nose, and, and I know I watched that bit. It's only because I couldn't believe it. That, that people were getting excited about. Doc 2 still only pulled in 10 million. After all that publicity, appearing on 1,300 programmes, plugging it in every newspaper, every magazine, 10 million viewers. Pfft, <laughs> piffle. Hardly worth bothering. And thank God we've seen the back of him. I'd become quite happy to blast the next one into infinity. Get rid of him as well. I bring back the Daleks. I was trying to explain... I was sitting in the hairdresser the other day... And uh, there was a young lad in there, and he was discussing with Michael the finer points of David Tennant and what happened with the cactus people. And I'm sitting there, and I went, I cannot believe you're talking about the cactus. You just imagine it, can't you? The producer. OK, all cactus people over here. Hello? Cybermen? Cactus pe- It's just rubbish. People who are into sci-fi, they're generate... There's a screw loose. They sit there and go, ooh, little spaceman, ooh, go down there, ooh, up there in the sky, and ooh, uh, exterminate and all this kind of rubbish. I'm not interested. I really couldn't care less. Couldn't care. I'm so glad we've seen the back of David Tennant. I don't want to see him ever again. I'd be quite glad to see the back of, uh, of the big fat quiz of the year as well. Because the egos of Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand, a man who's a complete and utter waste of space, whoever found Russell Brand funny, must be on tablets or something. Because, frankly, if you don't want to do it, because he ruined the quiz for me. Why don't you just bugger off and let somebody else do it who's funny? Because you weren't funny. And perhaps you, you still believe that Manuel Gate is both relevant and amusing. It isn't. It wasn't. You're both stupid. You're both non-entities. Now, off. I'm oh, so angry with these dreadful quizzes. Mind you, and as for Piers Morgan, his review of the year... Oh, my God. Why doesn't somebody just tell this man he cannot present? He's just irritating. He's not showbiz. He's not into show business. He's just raking that. He doesn't understand any of it. Put it this way: anyway, if he thinks Susan Boyle's got talent, there's hope for all of us, I suppose. And I do have wishes. Actually, I wish that Gary Lineker would get eaten by a giant packet of Walkers crisps and take him and his naff misses with him as well. And her mother, although her mother would probably be shoplifting the crisps, wouldn't she? I should imagine she has a bit of a history. But all we got was Gary Lineker. Now, I'm sorry if I'm going to upset people this morning, but frankly, it's the you know we're into January. We're all back at work. You're having a miserable day. I'm having a worse life. You know, there is no point in trying to pretend to you that you all want to go to work today. Because you don't. Because you've had this long holiday, you lazy, fat-bottomed people. And now you've got to actually get off them and go to work. Whereas we've been here all the time. Because we're committed. Even on television, you're hard pushed to find something that's live. The nearest you get to it is somebody reading a news bulletin. Live all throughout Christmas on LBC. Live television, pre-recorded back in November. You can tell that because most of the celebrities look well-fed. We haven't even got to Christmas. Imagine the time you get after Christmas, even worse. I mean, I would quite like to see the back of Gary Lineker. I find him too smug, I'm afraid. There's something irritating about him at all. I would also like to make a wish, together with Carol Malone, that cage fighter Alex Reed manages to find a woman's outfit that doesn't make him look like a very ugly trucker in drag. In fact, the funny thing is, whenever you see Alex Reed, who looks like he's been dipped in toffee, poor little sap, you know, next to Jordan, they do look like two bad trannies at a sort of an ugly competition in Los Angeles. But he's turned up on Celebrity Big Brother. These are celebrities, okay? Want to be a celebrity? Become a hooker. That, apparently, is the way forward. Become uh, a nasty person. There's some girl... I'll have to run through who they are, because some of them I hadn't heard of. Nicola T. Hello? Nobody. Nobody I spoke to. Anyway, apparently, this old thing is trying to... She said, I'm going to be bigger than Jordan. I think she means the River Jordan. I don't think she was talking about anything else. Uh, then you've got cage fighter Alex, who's a bit of a manby-pamby girl's blouse. Then you've got Dane Bowers, who's a bit nafo, trying to resurrect her career. Vinnie Jones, who's said absolutely nothing so far. Uh, something that uh, an ex-wrinkly old Rolling Stone met in an escort bar in Mayfair. And she's ektaria, which sounds a little bit like some illness you pick up in Russia. But uh, she's there as well for a reported 75,000 quid. I tell you, if you're listening, Ronnie, I'll sleep with you, mate. I'll sleep with you. Come on. If you'll sleep with that, you'll sleep with anything. Come on. Come on. Bring it on. Who else? It's Stephanie Beecham. What on earth are you doing there? What on earth are you doing? You must have fallen on hard times. The only people in there are people on hard times. Something called Lady Sovereign. Hello? Real name Karen Trimble or something peculiar. Louise. Whatever it is, it's just ghastly. And she's there. Because they all smoke. Something called... There's a, there's a black guy who obviously is in the music business. Cisco. He's a bit... Yeah, he's a... Well, so far, I mean, we haven't... None of them have actually contributed anything. Well, he seems really sweet. He's only just walked in there. Uh, who else we have in there? can't remember, actually. I was, I was so shocked by how naff they all were that I began to wonder whether or not the word celebrity was not being... Oh, Stephen Baldwin. Uh A born-again Christian, but he's he's got issues, hasn't he? I think he's quite, uh, quite funny. Oh, Heidi Fleiss, that's right. How lovely. Let's bring in somebody who runs a brothel, ladies and gentlemen. How fantastic. No. Oh, of course she was. She said, Stephen Baldwin, I know you. I quite like that, actually. <laughs> Although the trouble is, she's an old... I'll tell you who she was very good friends with, Heidi Fleiss, and by God, she's aged badly. Uh, she was very good friends with Peter Sellers' daughter. Uh, was it daughter or ex-wife? No, it might have been his daughter, actually, who died. And uh, Heidi was running a brothel. They always say the same, though, don't they, with brothels? They always say exactly the same. They always go, we're running a high-class uh, call girl racket. No, you're not. You're running a load of old dogs who'll sleep with anybody for money. That's what you're running. Not running anything particularly intelligent. Sorry, man wants to sleep with woman. OK, oi, dog number one, out here now, round there, thousand dollars. And stupidly, men would pay this sort of money. The other day, we had some... Ca- I can't remember what the blooming case was now. But a girl was booked from an escort agency for that read prostitute, you know, escorting. I don't quite understand why you'd want to pay somebody... I mean, I suppose, you know, I could pay some. I could pay Amanda for going out with me. that would be a bit naff, wouldn't it? But if you paid her, she would then become an escort. As only as she'd want extras and I don't want to do extras, you know, that kind of stuff. But this girl turns up for 250 quid... Right? She's from Lithuania. There's a lot of Lithuanian escorts in the country. Probably in Lithuania, there's a dearth of them at the moment because they're all over here. So she gets paid 250 quid. Well, she doesn't. She turns up to meet this person. When she gets there, they go, oh, we don't need you now. We give you 50 quid. So she goes, I don't want 50 quid. I want my 250. They go, well, you're not getting 250. You haven't done anything. So then in the end, they palm her off with 100 quid. And I was thinking, you know, I think I need to become an escort. 250 quid... You turn up, you hold hands with someone, you go, hello, and then then you go home. And that's it. I mean, admittedly, I mean, some of the old men will be a little bit, you know, a little bit gross, but it's 250 quid. I mean, come on, you've only got to do one a day, and you're looking at... I mean, you're looking at nearly 1,250 quid a week. It's not bad, is it? And sometimes you don't even have to sleep with them. I mean, that's good news, isn't it? The other thing that I would like to uh, say for this year... Uh, If anybody can buy Jedward a one-way ticket back to a place called Obscurity, I'd be quite grateful. Much as I adore the boys, I do think that... Can we have them dressed in normal clothes, please? I don't want to emphasise again that they're beginning to look a little bit like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Just slightly thinner versions. And uh, can Simon Cowell, please, this year, sue the person who puffed his cheeks up so that he ended up looking like my hamster Judy from many years ago? There's too much Botox... We had a hamster called Judy, yeah. Yeah. Ju- Judy died, went to hamster heaven. We-, we actually got her in a garage for free. We pulled into a garage. years and years, I don't know what she was doing in a garage. Serving at the pumps, I suppose. And, uh, no, it wasn't a rat, no. He's from Barcelona. And, no, it was a hamster. Siberian hamster. And uh, we didn't have anything to keep her in, so they gave us a Walls ice cream tin. In those days, you could buy big tins. And so we had a hamster called Judy, she travelled with us in the caravan. Then we bought her a cage, and she was re- really friendly. The one thing you've got to do with hamsters is you've got to handle them. They're a bit like rabbits. You've got, because if you don't, when you eventually pick them up, they'll take a sizable chunk out your finger. Because they've got really big teeth, hamsters, and they're like they cling on for grim death. They are like the Rottweilers of the midget world. They're there, and they clamp on. And, um, and so we had Judy for Ages. And then, of course, as you remember, we had a cat called Candy, who was a white cat. Who used to sort of <coughs> <coughs> and cough up its fur balls. So it would go into the garden, eat grass, because they used to lick themselves. Obviously, the fur would form in the stomach. And by eating grass, they made themselves sick. So my mother used to say, the cat's going to be sick, quick, get the cat out. she you'd have to lift the cat up as it's going, <coughs> and you put it outside the back. Go and be sick out there. I love what you just sit on the carpet and just sort of happily be sick. And then after, after Judy died, poor Judy, and we buried Judy in the garden, put it, you know, as you do, you know, when you're a kid, you do, don't you get a little box and you put some cotton wool in there and you put Judy in the box and then we sort of buried in the garden with a little cro- the cat dug him up or dug her up brought her to the back door. Which, unfortunately, came as a bit of a shock to my father, who opened the back door in the morning to let the cat in, and there was Judy, freshly <laughs> exhumed from her grave. Which was not the most uh, exciting thing he'd ever seen. Anyway, 84850, oh, stevedlbc.co.uk. John says, wasn't Lady Sovereign the one who smashed up the service station shop? No, when she went to Australia, she... And, to be quite honest, I mean, she's a bit of a dipstick. She, uh, she spat at a bouncer in a club. Spent her first night in, in jail... I think. Um, another one here. Why slag off Doctor Who? It's run for 47 years. That's not a fluke. It's the only thing the BBC have got. It is a fluke. Of course it's a fluke. It was only any good when John Pertwee and Tom Baker were in it. And, uh, and the early people. It's recently it's just turned into a pile of old rubbish, I'm afraid. Just because something's run... Put it this way. Um, what else ran for about that? I'm trying to think. I'm trying, Terry Scott and June Whitfield ran in a programme. That was rubbish as well, but that ran for donkeys. But You know, loads of programmes run for years. They don't have to be any good. What, are we doing? what, what is this? Hello, competition. Oh, good Lord. On headlines. Oh, and headlines as well. They're getting a bit small, the headlines, aren't they? Have you uh, noticed? It's, it's the writing. Cha- yeah, who's writing this? I couldn't print it.
1: Oh, right. I was, I
0: had to print it Oh, right. The I was wondering, I thought, I thought my eyesight's gone. Dreadful. <laughs> anyway, 8 for 850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We'll go through the uh, papers in a moment. Some very good stories. Guaranteed to get your juices going this morning, because as I say it's Monday. You've had a long, long holiday. We've uh, we've all been working, more than happy to do so. Thank you very much indeed. But uh, you're going back to work today. Ha 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 ha. Do we care? Of course we don't care. I just think not all the schools are back today, so at least the roads shouldn't be as busy. But we'll find out in a moment. Hugh Broom. I wonder what Father Christmas brought him. I wonder what Father Christmas. What do you buy the man who has everything apart from penicillin? Sixteen minutes past five. <laughs> These are the headlines. Tighter security checks are being introduced following the plot to blow up a plane on Christmas Day. Anyone flying to America via countries with links to terrorism, like Nigeria, Pakistan and Iran, will get extra screening. Booking office staff at Virgin Trains are walking out in a row over jobs. It'll affect stations on the West Coast mainline, including Euston. And Avatar, the most expensive film ever made, has taken more than a billion dollars at cinemas around the world. Cracking! that is successful. Look successful, here he is. Hugh Broom. Thank you very much. Good morning. Uh, ice, problem uh, obviously this morning. Very 7.3. There you are. Morning, everybody. 18 minutes past five. Come on, up, 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 up. All together now. You're going back to work today. We're not, because we're here already. But it is freezing. It is blooming cold out there. Well done, incidentally, to all the, uh, the people at the fun fair in Leicester Square. They've managed to get all the equipment out overnight. These huge lorries, they managed to negotiate around Leicester Square, and they got them all out. So the funfair that was here for the whole of the Christmas period has gone. I, um, I remember it last year. It was in, and then magically, by the Monday morning, because of the traffic build-up in London, you've got to get these huge lorries out with all the rides on there, and out it went. And so it's, uh, it's disappeared now, and Leicester Square... Is relatively back to normal. But when you go outside, you will notice it is freezing cold. They've said minus two, minus three. And uh, believe you me, it feels like that this morning. Uh, Richard. Morning, Richard. He says, who the hell are these so-called celebrities at the Big Brother house? I can't recognise any of them except for Vinnie Jones and Stephanie Beecham. What a waste of money. I agree. I mean, I didn't know Lady Sovereign was. I don't know why these people give themselves stupid names. um, Lady Sovereign. You know, I mean, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? But they're all in there. Jordan, apparently, uh, has issued a directive to the uh, two boys. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. Unfortunately, poor poor Alex, otherwise known as that slightly effeminate cage fighter who nobody's ever see- seen cage fighting, so I'm, I'm assuming it's just kind of made up a little bit, and Dane Bowers, who's a bit a bit sweet and a bit drippy at the best of times, but not, you know... T- to be honest with you, if that's the best that can come up for the last one, why do we have to have Americans in it? Someone explain to me. What is the point of putting a Baldwin in there, uh, a brothel keeper from America, who's now married, I think, a man who runs lap dancing clubs? I mean, you know, c- have we run out of British people? Answer, yes. Because 99% of the British public won't know who Lady Sovereign is. No, does nobody know who Stephanie Beecham was either? See, the trouble is, she was in the Dynasty, wasn't she? And that's the trouble. It was such a long time ago that people would go... The only reason they're all in there is money. Money. And the papers can't agree on how much money each person is getting. So what they've done is they've made it up. And they put down that Vinnie Jones is on 175000 quid. (laughs) For that, could have got him for threepence. He'd turn up for the opening of an envelope, that one. Uh, Kim Marsh has spent £30,000 on a state-of-the-art gym in a home. The 33-year-old mother of two apparently has had it installed at her new million-pound home in Manchester... Great. This is Kim, the barmaid Marsh, who's acting in Coronation Street is nothing short of feeble at the moment, I'm afraid. Nicola T is the, um... She's a glamour girl. For that read, get them out for the boys. It's what, she's one of those types. Frankly, I've never seen anything so... How she ever made it as a glamour girl, I've got no idea. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of her. Stephanie Beecham looks better. Uh, also, uh, Lady Sovereign. I'm sorry, dear. Dark glasses at night. Little bit seventies. And then the, the cage fighter, Alex, who's wearing so much fake tan, mind you, that's Jordan's influence, isn't it really? And then you've got Cisco on a eight to one. Stephen Baldwin six to one. Alex Reed twelve to one. Vinny Jones three to one. I mean Vinny Jones. They've said here, um football footballer turned actor more known for fights than career. Have you seen his acting? <laughs> <laughs> Heidi Fleiss, twenty to one. Vice Queen. Isn't it great? We're putting a woman who controls prostitutes. On a Channel 4 I can't believe it. Dane Bowers. Sweet, but, you know, not really a lot going on. Something called Bass Hunter. Hello? Chart-topping DJ from Sweden who has... Tourette's. And, um, and then Ekaterina Ivanova, who they now call model and artist. (laughs) Model and artist. (laughs) Working in an escort bar. Of course you are, love. Of course you are. As long as you believe it, that's fine. And then she's spoken to one of the papers today about how every time she saw Ronnie, they did cocaine. What is it with people and cocaine? Why do people want to talk about that? Why do people want to, I, I couldn't care less, love. You know, go back to your escorting work, you know, and standing in a bar, picking up old men like him. I mean, it's just... it's just awful. You know, that is not a celeb... I must be living on the wrong blooming planet. That's not a celebrity. That's, that's a, she was a waitress in an escort bar. I think you can make it, you know, I was working as a cock in a... <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I think you can make of that... Put it this way, how many girls go out with a man like that? You know, a young... 21 with a 60-plus pushing... Yeah, she loved him, didn't she? They really loved each other. It was so lovely to see, so, so touching. After a few lines of coke, apparently, you love anybody. I could even love the producer around here if I had a few lines of coke. But luckily, I don't do drugs. Of course, luckily we're going to remain uh, remaining apart. Uh, Robbie Williams, dreary old Robbie, back in the pavilion. My God, he's piled the pounds on, boys and girls, as we said he would. Somebody says here he looked too smile. Sorry, too smile. He looked too tired to raise a smile. They now call him Podgy Robbie because he, he he lost the weight, but unfortunately Robbie is prone to being fat because he's from Stoke on Trent, and most people in Stoke on Trent are big as barrage balloons. They will waddle around the streets and uh, can't do it. Bit like Lowestoft. Now, the only reason I mention Lowestoft is because there's a guy in pantomime there. And uh, it's a very successful pantomime. But he twittered, Lowestoft is full of chavs, single mothers, and people with hoodies. And so somebody in the town read it, because they're quite bright in Lowestoft, and complained. So when he came on stage in pantomime, they booed him. <laughs> like you're supposed to do in pantomime. Boo! Boo! That's what I'd do if I saw Robbie Williams in concert. Boo! Nice to see old uh, Kerry Katona uh, out shopping the other day. Pink tracksuit, Class, class. One of our own. I love that, actually. Really, really classy girl. It's uh, Owen Woodgate, who's slated the town where he's starring in Cinderella. He looks a bit... He doesn't really look butch enough to be starring in Cinderella as Prince Charming. I don't want to be rude, but Prince Charming is generally supposed to be sort of dashing and handsome. This one's a little bit... A little bit Joe McKeldry, as we now say in the business. Because Joe is going to, to see Disney today which is great, and apparently he could be the new Zac Efron. No, he won't be. I only say that in a caring way, because America's got tons of people like Joe McEldry. They've really got them coming out of every... You saw Fame. That was just a small tip of the iceberg. They've got loads of people. They don't want another one, I'm afraid. But when we were talking on Sunday to Jonathan Levi, he's been over to Disney, because he might be doing another documentary on Disney as they celebrate 70 years or something. I can't remember what it is. But he went underground at Disney. And when you go underground, that's where they store all the character costumes. And all the, the kids aren't allowed, the, the, the characters aren't allowed to walk out onto Main Street. If there's already somebody out there, you've got to go under the street. So they've got walkways, it's like a little city underneath. And all the lorries for the parade are kept out in a parking lot and charged up with these huge batteries. And uh, so he was taken there. I've, I've been backstage at Disney. Which is, every every so often down Main Street, there are doors, but you don't know their doors. They look like mirrors or whatever. And you go through there, and that's where you're into where all the cast relax. So that they all sit there wearing the costumes, but the heads are all on poles. And they put them all on. And they have lots of different Mickeys. They have about three. So when the Main Street parade starts, the Mickey who's out on the street, they've got to get off the street. Because otherwise people go, wait a minute, he's hit all well, those up there. How is that? So they get them up. It's so beautifully worked out. They're a very clever Disney. I did a documentary on them for LBC years and years ago, and uh, pretty successful it was too. Uh, Phil says perhaps Heidi wants to turn the Big Brother house into a brothel. Well, she's got the right people in there, isn't she? Dane Bowers, cage fighter. You know, Vinnie Jones. I mean, so you've got all the you've got all the material there. Except I don't think anybody's going to be going near Lady Sovereign, I'm afraid. So, yeah, I mean that in the nicest this possible bitchy way that I can possibly think of. Andrea says, I've had a horrible weekend. But listening to you is making me laugh out loud. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Morning, Mark. And Lynn says, after all the repeated rubbish on telly over Christmas, what does Channel 4 do? Usher in January with more revolting celebs. That's it. I'm hibernating. I know the feeling. It's dreadful. So, Big Brother's back. And uh, Ekaterina. I mean, what, what does she think this this program's going to do? Apart from lineup, do you think her mother's really delighted? My daughter's coke binge with Ronnie. You know, would your parents be thrilled? Ask anybody standing next to you if they've got parents who are still alive. You know, would your mother be thrilled to see you on the front page of a paper talking about your coke binge with an old man, old enough to be your grandfather? You know. Answer, no, not at all, I'm afraid. Not at all. And here she is, the night I met Ronnie. I was rude, he was sleazy. We went to a hotel to drink and do lines of coke all night. I mean, you know, my, my nights are so dull. Met somebody in a bar, go home, cup of tea, quick game of snap, and then they go home. And that's it. You know, don't do anything else. Sometimes I might have an apple. And I've been known to have an orange. But I don't do anything else. Katia suspects that Ronnie may have cheated on her. Pfft, <laughs> trust Oh, darling, do yourself a favour. Just keep it buttoned. So much easier. Um, this is an old story. The BBC have lavished £4 million of licence fee cash on art at the Broadcasting House headquarters. I read that ages ago, I thought. Ages and ages ago. Robbie Williams, stunning fiance. There's nothing stunning about her, I'm afraid. Uh, gives the world the first glimpse of her jumbo sparkler. Whey! It's a ring. It's on her finger, as opposed to through her nose. Thank you. And, uh, and Frank Lampard is pictured out. Who with? Who with? Hiya. They were out in Dublin, yes the hiya girl took him home to meet her parents and then apparently um despite being on a date they were pictured coming out of a bar and she she's kept it secret up until now. Christine Hiya bleakly is more than 35 ladies and gentlemen not 12. What? Is she she's not 35? No, she's 60, isn't she? 30, she can't be. No, she can't be twenty-nine. No, she's thirty. No, we said she says she's thirty here, which means she's forty. I mean, she looks forty. But why would you want to keep? She's thirty years old, quite clear with the mental age of a cabbage. She wants to keep her relationships, you know, th- this particular moment, secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you just stay in then, darling? Do us all a favour. You don't need to go to a bar. And she she took him home to meet the mother. Well, that's the first kiss of death for a relationship. You know, the one thing you don't do, you start going, ''Oh, look, we're going out.'' And she said now, according to friends, she calls him her boyfriend. She's 30! She must be the dimmest person on the planet. She's, ''He's my boyfriend. How old are you, love?'' ''12?'' ''No, I'm 30. ''He's your boyfriend. Oh, dear. Get a life, for God's sake.'' And, of course, the one thing you don't want to hear, if, if you're going out with anybody like Christine Bleakley, who looks like she's been sitting on a shelf for a few years, is, ''Would you like to come home and meet my mum and dad?'' ''Not really, no.'' So then, take your mum. That this is, this is the man I'm going to marry. Whoa, you wouldn't see him for dust, would you? Be like Roadrunner. Be, be out of there so blooming fast. But, uh, but that's the way she works. This is LBC. Morning, team. Nice to have your company. 21, 23, no, 28 minutes to six. I know you don't want to go to work, but you've had loads of time off. So come on, come on, come on, come on, you can do it. Bemused Johnny says, uh, I know Ross Camp means well. But there has to come a time when he gives up travelling the globe to seek out the various wars and disputes. Interviewing people who hate each other is pointless and sadly won't change a conviction. Ross has to understand an ideology takes a generation or two to change, not when he turns up with the cameras. Next week, our globetrotter, wearing a bulletproof vest, interviews hardcore old Sloan Rangers and asks, have we seen the last of Ladies Who Do Lunch? Award-winning television. They've sent him out again, haven't they? I always think, every time I see Ross Kemp, I always think... Especially when they, he did that programme about the SAS. He was the most overweight person I've ever seen. He just he just wasn't fit enough to be in the air. The SAS, if you've met SAS people, and I've met quite a few SAS people over the years, um, and and you sort of look at them and they're all lean, mean fighting machines. Ross Kemp just looks like a man who's been eating the pies. You know, you've got to be trim. I know, i am come from a forces family. You don't see overweight people. You don't have money to eat food as bad as that. Don't forget, later on this morning, another Roberts Radio to give away. Mm. I don't know what time we'll do that. We'll probably do it about uh, quarter past six, I would think. Something like that. Uh, Simon says, welcome back to uh, your normal slot on LBC, which is good, actually. actually. To be honest with you, the only good thing about this slot is A... It's brilliant at this time of the morning because it's freezing cold and there's nobody else around, which I like. Second, it's only two hours. Because uh, last week were four hours and four hours was a lot, although we had an awful lot of problems, which you know, with the podcasting. So we're going to try and sort out the podcasting problems later on today, but just bear with it. Stephanie Beecham played Martha Fraser in Coronation Street, remember, for three months this year. Her character was having an affair with Ken Barlow. I think, I think I've had an affair with Ken Barlow. I'm quite sure I have. Everybody has in the street. Including the cat at the beginning. Knowing how they like to wind up the situation for publicity, what are the odds that the powers that be at Celebrity Big Brother will bring in Jordan for an undisclosed sum? Oh, who cares? Who cares? I mean, to be honest with you, I couldn't care. She could fall in the river tomorrow and I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I couldn't care less. I'm just so not interested, I'm afraid. Um, Steve, so Nigeria has been included among countries to be subjected to special treatment after just one terrorist. The whole world knows Britain produces more terrorists than Nigeria. They think they come here from Nigeria, though, don't they? That's it. It's on the terror list anyway. So why is Britain not included among terrorist countries to be given special treatment? Well, what happens is, Geoffrey, unfortunately, most of the people come in from Nigeria and from lots of other countries, and, uh, and then they go to college here, So anybody flying to America via countries with links to terrorism, like Pakistan, Iran and Nigeria, will be subjected to extra screening. Everybody's going to be subjected to screening. To be honest with you, I really couldn't give a stuff where people come from. I'm really not remotely interested. I'm just concerned about the fact that there's a few balmy mentaloids out there who sort of get a little bit indoctrinated. You know, if they read The House at Pooh Corner, they probably believe Winnie the Pooh existed as well. And they seem to think that they're on some sort of mission. They represent nobody. They represent their own sad little egos. And that's about, you know, a little handful of people. They're not, you know, they're not going to change the world. They're just going to kill themselves in the process. And as far as I'm concerned, I wish they'd just do it privately somewhere. You know, without sort of ruining everybody else's lives. Uh, Another one here. Not only... Do we not know most of them in the Big Brother house, I don't think they know each other at all. Because I remember seeing Cisco say, who, who is, D- Dane, who, Dane Cook? No, Dane Bowers. Oh, who's he? Oh, he's, oh dear. He went out with some big chested sort of drag act thing called Jordan years ago, and that was it. He was with a group called True Steppers, and he recorded with Victoria Beckham, when she looked a little bit nerdier than she does at the moment. Do you remember? Oh, they showed it on the television the other day. God, it was embarrassing. Uh, And Dane Bowers went out with her and apparently it's the only love of her life. Yeah, right. (laughs) Believe that, you'll believe anything. Yeah, uh, that's what she said. She said on a documentary, which they showed on one of the channels, and it was Jordan some years ago. Do you know she's always been as revolting as she is now? I didn't remember. I thought it was something she'd acquired, being just horrible and being stuck up her own rear end. But no, she's always been like that. Always, even from a very early age, you know, when, when she looked quite ordinary, she was always a bit peculiar. And I think it was something to do with the fact they had a dysfunctional family. And nobody's ever, you know, told her how to behave, given her a good slap. Because apparently in the paper today, they've said a good slap is actually good for children. And I totally agree. Even the threat of a good slap, nothing worked. The worst thing you could ever hear, wait till your father gets home. Don't talk to me, just wait till your father gets home. And I agree. You know Jamie Waylett, don't you? You don't, but you will when I tell you that he was the Harry Potter star who was doing drugs. Remember, he was growing cannabis at home, and he was exposed by one of the newspapers. Well, he's now living, <coughs> excuse me, in a... He, he played the Hogwarts bully, Vincent Crabb. Like, you're not going to remember that at all, are you? have got no idea who they all are. They're just like children. And he was a fairly overweight one. And he's now hiding out because he fears he'll be beaten up or kidnapped because he owes thousands of pounds to, um, drug debt, you know, people who supply drugs, and what they do is they give you drugs, again. you don't need to pay me now, pay me later. Unfortunately, later, you take more drugs, and then you owe a lot of money, and then they come after you, then they break your legs. Well, that, that's good, isn't it? Not really. Uh, cold with frost to start, dry with sunny spells today, sleet and snow in parts of Kent this morning, maximum one centigrade, currently minus two tonight. Thickening cloud, very cold, severe frost, chance of snow in the northern home counties later, which will settle, certainly will. Tomorrow, very cold again, mostly cloudy with snow in the afternoon, which will settle on high ground. And Wednesday, here you go, Wednesday is your day, boys and girls. The Met Office a warning of heavy snow, which could affect the region, staying cold. Now, the news is that if it doesn't rain, which it doesn't look likely... And we get these cold temperatures. When the snow comes down, the first bit will settle and freeze as ice. And then the snow will settle on the top of it. It will be like a skid patch out there. I only warn you now for those people who have never driven on snow before. If your car starts skidding, your automatic reaction is to turn the wheel away from it. Nope. Turn the wheel into the skid. It's the only way you'll avoid an accident. But there will be accidents all over the place. And that's on Wednesday. A snow warning. I tell you now... Just prepare yourself and make sure. Chris says, I think Christine Bleakley looks good for her age, Hmm, depending on uh, (laughs) on what that age is, I suppose. Uh, Another one here. It says, uh, love your show, love your show. Uh, This is how I love to hear you. Angry. How long is the last celebrity big brother running for? Uh, to To be honest with you, as long as they want, I suppose. 27 days. So it's a month, isn't it? A month of boredom. I'm afraid. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, Steve, says Angela, a lovely thought. I could actually podcast all six Steve Allen shows that I've missed over Christmas. Hooray for that. And especially as they're all uh, four hours. They're all four hours long. I know you all get four hours long. How is that possible? They are absolutely four hours long, I'm afraid, <laughs> at the moment. So uh, so good news for everybody there who likes podcasting the programme. Loads of guests. They've got, uh, oh, whose birthday? Somebody's birthday? No, nobody. It's Silvio Berlusconi. He's got a rude birthday... I'm not really interested in Silvio Berlusconi. I don't know about you. It doesn't affect me. And the world's tallest skyscraper in Dubai. Makes me feel physically ill just looking at the top of it. I would always worry that I'd fall out, that you'd lean up against a window and it hadn't been cemented in properly and it would just drop out and that would... I'd have to walk around the flat with a a parachute on my back. I'd be too scared I'm rubbish at things like that. You'd be delighted to know... That uh, serial killers, including the Yorkshire Ripper, are enjoying Nintendo Wii Gaming at taxpayers' expense. They've all been fitted into the plasma TVs, even though they had Xbox and PlayStation units, and they've now ordered loads of them. Apparently, it's part of patients' treatment. <laughs> <sighs> Why don't we just withhold food from them? You know, I couldn't care less whether I'm afraid uh, the Yorkshire Ripper drops dead in prison. I really couldn't care less. It doesn't bother me. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I wish somebody had taken him out years and years ago. Why do we have to keep these people there? I've got no idea. Stevie says, finally went out and bought a halogen oven. I'm thinking you're buying another one and throwing the cooker out. You can't actually exist on a, on, a, on a halogen oven. I exist on a halogen oven very well. Very, very well. I don't just do sprouts. In fact, actually, it's the only thing I've never done in there. I've never done sprouts in I do sprouts on the... I did broccoli yesterday. Suddenly realised I like broccoli. I think I was eating too many sprouts. I think there was a lot of... lot of sprouts. I do like sprouts, but I think there's quite a lot of them. Apparently, Hollywood star Warren Beatty bedded... How many women in 35 years? According to a new biography. Two? No, a lot more than... Oh, you're joking. Okay. How, how, How many do you think... How many women did Warren bake 2,000. (laughs) Amateur. Amateur status. They reckon he's bedded 12,775 women. An average of one every day for three and a half decades. Amateur. (laughs) 12,500. My God, there's a few of you listening at the moment going, are you sure? 12,500? Is that possible? It is. Especially if, I mean, let's face it, you're in Hollywood. Most people will sleep with you there. If You get, can we have a part in a movie. Yeah, do you want to sleep with me? Yeah, OK. So the next thing, you're in the movie. Paul Daniels feared he was having a heart attack, rushed to hospital over the holidays. He had chest pains the day before and drove to his GP, then taken by ambulance to hospital. He had a slightly enlarged heart. Which is a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, the writing's got bigger now. I can understand this. <laughs> could not read it before, so here they all are: Dane Bowers, Heidi Fleiss, Madam, yes, uh, Vinnie Jones, <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Beecham. Alex Reed. Oh, poor old Alex, honestly, love, I don't know what she's turned you into, but it's not butch, it's not clever, and it's not even talented. And she said, "This is what this is what they've claimed in the paper." Jordan has said, "Don't talk about our sex life." Yeah, well, if it's anything like the one you had with Peter Andre, there was no sex life. Don't dress as your transvestite alter ego, Roxanne. Don't. of course, that will be one of the big brother games, won't it, halfway through. okay. you're all going to be dressing as women. Alex, how'd you come, sweet pea? You'll do it for the money. Uh, Don't speak about Peter Andre. Don't reveal why my marriage ended. So, in other words, she's already discussed it. Don't talk about my children. Don't fight with Dane. Don't flirt with girls. In other words, why don't you just stay in there, love, and when you come out, I'll have a different boyfriend. Because she's a bit like that. And then they've actually said how much money they earn. And, to be honest with you, I don't believe a word of it. I don't believe a word of how much money... They're all clay. Another picture of Robbie Williams. My God, the weight's been piling back on again. Last uh, album didn't sell as well as they were hoping, so it's not looking, uh, not looking too good, I'm afraid. And uh, what else? Is they're all doing this super scraper, the world's tallest building. It's cost a billion, and it's got 169 floors. It's the Burj Dubai. It's, it does look big. Oh, even Shelley Vision. Oh, thank goodness for that. Shelley Vision has said, Who's had enough of David Tennant? Me, for one. I've also had enough of Catherine Tate. I've decided I don't want any more Catherine Tate. I don't want any more Vernon Kay. I don't want any... I don't want any more Ross Kemp. And I don't want any more So You Think You Can Dance. With Nigel Lithgow and, um... Arlene Phillips and Louise Redknapp, who, frankly, is lovely-looking, but is as dim as a plank, I'm afraid. Contributes nothing. Didn't say anything for ten minutes, just sat there staring at The whole idea... I don't want to sort of point this out to you, Louise, because perhaps you think you're a big celebrity, love. Speak! Speak! Try and say something intelligent. Because we've seen you on that comedy holiday advert with your shaved husband. Because the last time I saw a picture of Jamie Redknapp, he had a hairy chest. Now it's all gone. So you're going out with a bit of a girly boy. And, of course, they're so loaded... They wouldn't be going on a Thomas Cook holiday. They're... You see them queuing at... No. What a load of... And it's an advert that goes on forever and a day. Ever and a day. A couple who profess their love, me thinks, you know, there's always something the matter, isn't there? We've seen it with the Beckhams. We're always holding hands. We're always doing this, always doing that. It's just a pile of rubbish. The moment I saw the advert, I thought... In fact, I didn't know what she was doing. I thought it was a holiday programme. I didn't realise it's an advert... God knows what they paid him for that. But obviously somebody's gone, can we try and sort of turn the radnaps into something? Because they've never been known for speaking, have they? Until you hear her speaking, and then you realise why. Because she can't talk like that. She's a bit sort of like, oh. She's a bit like that. She's a little bit like um, that Sorrel thing that's married to Vic Reeves. Nancy Sorrel. Looks great at uh, um, opens its mouth. What? Oh. It's a little bit butch, in it? A little bit sort of blokey. But there you go. Quarter to six. <laughs> The headlines security measures are being tightened for passengers flying to america from high-risk countries including nigeria yemen and pakistan it's in response to the failed christmas day bomb plot a man's been charged with murdering a woman who was found unconscious at a flat in finsbury park on new year's eve and millions of commuters face high fares on public transport from today with bus and tube fares the hardest hit Have a check on the uh, roads for you. It's cold, you'll be scraping ice off your windscreen. And here's the man to help you do it, Hugh Broom. Thank you very much. It is very cold. It has been very cold overnight. Lots of ice around. Morning, everybody. Bad news for fellas, and even worse news for ladies. Sorry to tell you, at 12 minutes to six, the G-Spot does not exist. It's official. It's in the paper today. I have no idea what they're talking about. I have no idea. It says here, the G-Spot is a fantasy. This is an elusive, erogenous zone... Researchers, well, I've never had it. I've got no idea what they're talking about at all. They've studied 1,800 women, and they found no evidence of the female erogenous zone. Because I am of the opinion, and I could be wrong, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert in this department, but I think all sorts of places on your body can be erogenous, depending on who's looking for them, I always think. Don't want to go too far into it. It's Monday morning, it's 12 minutes to 6. You might be sort of enjoying your, your sausages for breakfast. I don't want to put you off completely. But I am of the opinion that you can have erogenous... And sometimes somebody can just push the right buttons, can't they? We've all had experience, haven't we? No, nope, just me again. Over the years, of somebody... And you think, oh, you're going to be rubbish. And then they turn out to be so good, you think, wow, you're very good. You're very, very good. You've, you've hit all the right spots... But there is no particular one spot that works for everybody. It's uh, it's it's on for, you know, lots of different places, everybody. And some people get turned up having their feet played with. I can't bear having my feet played with. I like tell you that now, just in case it ever crops up in conversation again. I just cannot do it. Years and years ago, I had reflexology. I had to go and do a piece um, on LBC about reflexology. And I hated every minute of it. I hated every minute. I could not get excited about having my feet tweaked with and... Oh, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And I I said to her, I said, I'm really not enjoying this at all. This is not doing anything for me. So, you know, that's different. Some people like being tickled. I don't like being tickled. Not very good at being tickled either. The glamorous Stephanie was quite recently in Coronation Street, the owner of the cosy narrow boat, and with whom Ken Barlow was having a secret liaison. Let's face it, if you were married to Deirdre, who wouldn't? Oh, I agree. I mean, she's... The trouble is, because in real life... She smokes like a trooper. Uh, that's why she's got that. But, oh, Ken! It's part of the. It's a real old Phyllis voice, isn't it? Oh, Ken! She go, and you can just hear the cigarettes in it, which is probably why I sound so deliciously young and gorgeous this morning. Uh, <laughs> not, not. Uh, Jay says I've been up all night with a tummy bug. Isn't that terrible? Isn't it terrible? Tummy bugs. Tummy bugs. All oh, you know, regional accents are thriving against the odds. E by eck. I go to foot of our stairs, bake a grove. All these different... Hiya! All these different accents. Actually, ever since I started doing that, I can't do a Scottish accent anymore, which has really annoyed me, because I just think I was quite good at Scottish accents, but I just can't do them. And it's such a shame, really. But uh, regional accents, people love. It's just you don't want to hear them when they're reading the news. E by Eck, it's dreadful today, isn't it, out there? It's like you listen to some of the people on Coronation Street doing accents, and they're so dreadful that you think... He's just not a very good actress or actor. And they're just, I think they're picked on there, and they, they do a couple of words for it, and they go, oh, you'll do. And they, it's, I just didn't like it. Actually, on uh, Nick Ferrari's breakfast show this morning, they're going to be talking to Anjam Chowdhury. This is after these fanatics plan a march through Wooten Bassett. These, uh, Islamics are going to stand there, and uh, they're going to do their own their own cortege through Wooten Bassett. Nick will be talking about that this morning too, Mr Chowdhury. How ill it, I've got no idea. Uh, Noreen says, hope you're well. We're loving the wee fit. She says, jogging and stepping. Can you imagine it? I can only visualise <laughs> what you look like. She says, have a great day. Hopefully the podcast will be back to normal soon for the people who want to take you to work with them. Amanda usually has it up by 7.30. Well, there you go. That's amazing, isn't it? The things you learn on this programme. How fantastic. And, uh, oh, we'll do the racing later on. It wasn't particularly good, I'm afraid. It's not particularly good. And um, another one here. This, oh, I, As well as uh, Nick talking to uh, Anjam Chowdhury, the leader of Islam for UK, a very small group, he's going to be talking to James Gray, the MP for North Wiltshire, who represents Wooten Bassett on this uh, march through, I mean, it's just just a most appalling thing to do. No matter where you're living, and I couldn't care less whether we're a country of free speech, things like this have got to be stopped by the police on the grounds of it's going to incite racial hatred. It's as simple as that. You just stop it on those grounds. There's nothing... The local council have said to uh, Anjum Chowdhury, we'd rather you didn't do it here, and he said, well, I'm doing it. Well, then you just call in the police. You get a court order and you stop it. Listen, don't mess around with it. I'm sick to death of pussyfooting around people now. You get it stopped. It's as simple as that. It will be absolutely appalling if this goes ahead. I suspect it won't. Yasmin Alibi-Brown will be in looking at the uh, papers today. They're talking about uh, after the somewhat pessimistic New Year's speech by David Cameron. Nick will be asking if the Conservative leader is right to be so downtrodden about the state of the economy. And as snow comes in on Wednesday... I think, you know, you really need to be prepared for this. It's just really going to be, it's going to be bad. So I thought, if I tell you about it now, it's okay, isn't it? Then it it doesn't really matter. You can go, well, at least we knew about it. Still to come, I've got a fantastic Roberts radio to give away. And uh, this is, oh, this is the money, actually. I must tell you the money of what you think Oh, and also the other thing. Thousands of children are struggling to learn to speak because the families keep the television on. And I totally agree. If you leave the television on, and say you leave it on at Channel 4, 90% of their youth presenters can't string two words together. It's appalling. Children's BBC, appalling. Absolutely appalling. Sam and Mark, two of the oldest presenters in the business. How oh, they're still presenting children's programmes, I've got no idea. Then you've got a few other people on there. They cannot string two words together. It's about time we've got, we got something decent back in again. However, today is known as D-Day. Why is it D-Day? It's Divorce Day. This is the day in the calendar that, according to all the research, there are more couples seeking a divorce than at any other time. Relationship experts say spending a long holiday break together is often the final straw for couples whose marriage is heading for the rocks. Right. Here we go. How much money are they getting? They say that Alex Reed. Only known for going out with Katie Price. Not known for anything else. Looking a little bit, well, let's call it gay, shall we? Likes dressing up as a woman. Fee, they say here, 175000 I'd be very surprised. Uh, the Hollywood madam, Heidi Fleiss. Uh, they say here, 75000 But you do get six girls chucked in as well. Uh, the page three girl, Nicola T, 27. Name, Nicola Tappenden. Best known for, well, I'd never even heard of her. I seriously have never even heard of her. Has she just sort of crawled out of an agency or something? They say here she's engaged to crew Alexander footballer Simon Walton, who's 22. She's 27, and he's 22. They have a one-year-old daughter, Poppy. Nice to know you're prepared to give up your child for a month, love, and go into the Big Brother house. Uh, Cisco, fee 75 grand. Oh, Nicola, incidentally, 50 grand. She's, she's dead cheap. No surprise there. Uh, the R&B star. Cisco is 31. His real name is Mark Althavian Andrews. He's best known for the Thong Song. and well, that's it, apparently. The Thong Song. Uh, which is good. 75000 quid. Uh, the Stones' ex-girlfriend. Uh, best known for... Not a lot, I'm afraid. And, um... They say here, 75000 The Swedish DJ Bass Hunter, 75000 Lady Sovereign... 35,000. She'll not be thrilled. Seriously. <laughs> Real name Louise Harmon, but I'm called Lady Sovereign. At least she talks normally, roughly. Dane Bowers, 30. Fee, 35, pound, 30, sorry, 35 pounds. 35,000. They say here, separated from his wife and agent, Chrissy Johnston Bowers, and has a son, Kai, 12, with ex girlfriend Emma Jane North. Doesn't really have a great track record, does he, actually? Obviously, a little bit sort of. Well, I wouldn't trust him. Uh, the Soap Queen, Stephanie Beacham, hundred thousand. A bit of a jump up there, isn't it? Alex's Little Brother, Stephen Baldwin, hundred and fifty thousand. Why? He's a deadbeat American. Vinny Jones, three hundred and fifty thousand. Married to Tanya. They have a son and a daughter. Three hundred fifty thousand. I think that's made up. Actually, yeah, we could get him for about sixpence. I said, I love the way they actually call him. One of the feared men in British football. He just needed a good kick between the legs. He'd have gone down like the rest of them, I'm afraid. Nothing fearful about him at all. Uh, most women admit telling the odd white lie to their other halves to hide the true cost of shopping trips. People have done that. They go out and you come back and you bought a few little extra pieces. And they go, well, well how much does all this cost? And you go, £35. Uh, they go, well, should we start checking? My mother used to get home. I wonder how many people still do this. Get the, the list out. Because she would take a shopping list out. She wasn't one of these people, like a lot of you, who go out and just buy stuff. She took a shopping list out. She'd go through the cupboard and go, right, I need corn flour. I need this, I need that. And that's what she'd buy. She wouldn't buy anything she didn't need because she baked and she cooked, which is what most people don't seem to do nowadays. And, um, and then she would come back and she'd check off with her, with her shopping. She'd go, right, that's there, and tick it off to make sure she'd not been overcharged. Amanda used to work with someone who'd make their own labels to stick over the real price. It's desperate, isn't it? With a marker. Pen. <laughs> Don't worry, I bought this because it's reduced. That's what she used. Really? She used to do. <laughs> oh, dear. What does she spend the money on then? She spent it on candles. Oh, how dreadful. Imagine buying candles. Oh, well, they catch me doing everything. Oh, not nice ones. <laughs> right. But isn't that awful that people have to go out and tell fibs about it? And, you know, they might go out and buy a packet. A friend of mine smokes and claims that his parents don't know he smokes. Of course they know you smoke. You can smell cigarettes. It is hilarious, actually. It is hilarious that people sort of worry about all these things. But fibbing about the shopping, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a dreadful story to tell you about a guy called Neil Foreman. Neil Foreman's not a nice person. He's a policeman, former policeman, and he did something to his parents that will have you this morning going... You're not... How could you do that to your parents? He's not a pleasant person. And why did Brian Moore, the former England rugby star, talk about his abuse as a child? I could be cynical and say he's flogging his autobiography. But why didn't he name the abuser? Details after the news on LBC. Hello. Hiya, it's me. Morning, team. Early breakfast. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen with you until seven. Nick Ferrari's back. I must just mention, just for Susan Spence, is just, just while she's settling in, about the story about Neil Foreman. Uh, his uh, parents are, uh, are lovely. They had to take him to court, Noel and Margaret Foreman. Uh, they, they went to Neil because he's, he's a policeman. And they thought, you know, <laughs> he's, he's our son. And they said, can you uh, invest this money for us? And they gave him £120,000, which was their life savings. Um... He spent it. He spent it on himself. He didn't, uh, he didn't bother investing it. I mean, it's absolutely appalling. He bought a black Porsche 911. Uh, he toured through France, Italy and America. Uh, he also spent the cash on holidays for his family, golf lessons, trips and clubs, meals at Michelin-starred restaurants, expensive wines. He lived a lifestyle way beyond his means. So when they took him to court, he said, well, I haven't got any, I can't have it back. There's no money to give back. And the court said, you've got to pay back £95,000. Uh, and he says, um, well, I haven't got it. So he's paying them back at £400 a month. Which, of <laughs> course, is rather ridiculous. It's going to take donkey's years. And uh, it's, I mean, it, it is dreadful. They're actually struggling to pay their heating bills. And this fat, overweight thief, mind you, it's, it's awful, really. If, if your parents give you money, in theory, and they say, perhaps he thought... He didn't have to give it back. Last night, he claimed that his father, by speaking to the press, had subjected him to the behaviour amounting to harassment, and he'd reported them to the police. He's actually... I mean, what a ghastly, revolting person he must be.
1: I can't believe it. But the thing is, if you pay back £400 a month, that's £4,800 a year, it's 95000 What's that? It's going to take you 20 years to pay yes. it back? Yes, And how old is the bloke?
0: Uh, he's... Oh, wait a minute. I'm not too sure, actually.
1: Uh, uh 52. So 20-odd years, but 22 years to pay it back, so he's going to be about 74 by the time he pays it back. Yeah.
0: He won't pay it back, will no. he? That's like people going to court and they say, you've thieved all this money from the Social Security, and they go, I'll pay it back at a pound a week. You go, no. You see, if, if, that was me, if I was the judge, I'd go around, I'd get and have a look at your house. OK, you've got a television, you've got a car, right? we're having those back. You'll lose that. We'll be selling those to pay off your debt. I'm sorry. Well, I'm I'm sick to death of funding people's lifestyles nowadays. I mean, you know, parents giving money to their son and he goes and spends it, I'm afraid is just a ghastly, revolting son. I mean, I just...
1: But I think it's, as you say, it depends on the basis of which he was given it. If they said, you know, here's some money and you didn't think you'd have to pay it back. Yeah. I think, you know, that's the crux of it, isn't it, really?
0: Yes. Because
1: if they just said, you know, like, you know, we're all given, well you know, some money sometimes, hmm. aren't we, from our parents. So it's like if they said we must have it back, then on that basis you'd think, hmm, okay. But no. if you just said, here you go, and then never said,
0: you can't really blame the guy. I couldn't do that. If my, pa- I mean, my parents lent me money years and years ago because they lent my brother money. So they worked on the, And a lot of parents do this. You know, if, if we've given your brother £5,000, we we'll give you 5000
1: But then, as you say, you've just used the word lent there. Yes. If I lend you £5,000, if you said to me, Susan, I'll lend you £5,000, they gave. gave. Well, yeah, there we go then. Yeah, yeah. because if you lent somebody, you think, OK, right, I've got to pay that back. I think
0: parents who who work hard help their children out. And in the case of my parents, they helped me out with my first property. Mm. So I found a property, they lent me the deposit and they paid all the legal fees. Nice It's not bad, is it? No But I think nice. they'd done the same for my brother So they said, we did it for your brother we do it for you as well Because I remember moving into the property And then the bill came in from the solicitor and only passed out <laughs> It was something <laughs> like £2,500 mm. And I wasn't earning it I didn't have that sort of money But they actually paid it I phoned my father up and said, I've just got this bill in He said, just send it to us
1: Well, then that's fine That means he's going to pay that And he doesn't want that money back Yes That's quite clear Yes I think it's the problem when there's a bit of a grey area here
0: Yes. Talk about a grey area. There's a story today, and it only intrigues me because uh, I have first-hand experience with this particular person. In the Daily Mail, two months ago, Sherry Blair's sister, uh, and this is Lauren Booth, half-sister, I think we call her, half-sister, said a motorbike crash had destroyed the husband she loved because uh, he'd had an accident, and uh, Lauren Booth was married to Craig, or is married to Craig. The mother-in-law has now come out to the Daily Mail and said, how dare Lauren Booth write my son off as dead? Now, Lauren Booth uh, will sell anybody down the river. I know because she worked on my programme. We had to have her thrown out of the ITN party, which she gatecrashed. She would turn up at restaurants on a Friday night saying she was reviewing for the Steve Allen show and would get free meals for her and her friends. We had restaurants phoning us up saying, do you know a Lauren Booth? And we went, yeah. Well, she's here saying that she's related to Tony Blair and that she's reviewing this this restaurant. I mean, it was absolutely appalling. She was always... She's got a lovely sister, Lauren Booth, who just does games and stuff like that, but Lauren was always ghastly, absolutely awful, (laughs) could never stand her. (laughs) So it's interesting that the mother-in-law has delivered this ferocious rebuke to her, because she tends to sort of open her mouth before... She went into the jungle, if you remember.
1: Yes, yes, I, I know who she is, yeah. Yes.
0: But, yeah, uh, no, and just, used to I sell he's... herself as being related to Tony Blair. In fact, she joined LBC by saying, listen, I can get Tony Blair to come on your programmes. Of course, she couldn't. Because yeah, her remember. father is Anthony Booth. Mm. You remember him, the yes. scouts git from uh, Till Death Us Do Part." We've been around the block a few times. But anyway, so...
1: Like I do remember you talking about her, actually. Yeah. That's Ooh. a good one, eh? I should try that. Yeah. I'm out for dinner. I'm reviewing for the Steve Andrews. I know. All free, free. I know,
0: yes, free. Yay. It's all fr- and all free today, which is lovely. <laughs> so anyway, I, didn't, I did watch... Now, what did I watch on television the other day? I think I might have watched a little bit of Coronation Street. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we've got to get rid of Stephen... No, Stephen's... Um, who over-owns the pub's wife.
1: Oh, you don't like her? Oh, I see.
0: Everybody, All the girls are like, I can't stand her. She's on too much in the programme, and I don't I don't, have yeah. gone off for a bit, I'm afraid.
1: Catherine Kelly, who plays Becky, yeah. and we have spoken about her quite a lot lately, um, in that she does appear a lot. It's a rubbish storyline at the moment. I'm, I'm not keen on the storyline at the moment It's with silly. Uh, we, well, the thing is, Steve McDonald's a reasonable enough guy. He wouldn't react in such a forceful manner as he has no. last week about the fact that she's decided she doesn't want to have children. They never discussed it and all of a sudden he's now saying, oh, well, that's it, and, you know, sleep on the sofa, and this week goes off on a bender, and... I mean, It's just, I mean, she... As we saw on Friday, she's already pregnant. She's not very happy about it at all, but she hasn't told him yet. But she just doesn't want another child. But he's actually like a complete She reminds idiot. me of
0: that other girl who used to be in Coronation Street... Who stood behind the bar and was blonde and... Oh, uh, Raquel. Raquel. It's a bit like, so, hello, Raquel, and all this kind of oh, stuff. Oh,
1: she's a lot tougher than Raquel. Oh, I know she is, because yeah. then she
0: went in and confronted poor Ashley's wife, because she was ironing in the sitting room, and obviously Ashley's wife has opened her mouth, and Ashley's a bit of a drip at the best of times.
1: Oh, I don't really know.
0: And then she comes, and she's, oh, I thought she was going to lay her out.
1: Well, yeah, because she did betray her trust, though. That was the thing, and it's like. Listen, if you things. don't
0: want people to know things, don't yeah, tell them. They're em. meant to be busy mates. Well, it doesn't matter. I've got busy mates, but I say to them, listen, don't tell me anything. That they do, and then I have to tell people. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help I, it. I will
1: remember that.
0: I can't not tell people. It's awful. I mean, really? I, are you. Are oh, you being serious? If someone... I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I say to people, listen, they say, listen, I'm going to tell you something, you're not to tell anybody else. The first thing I do, I'm on the phone to people. Hello? Guess what so told me? Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my I mean I have heavens. a fantastic
0: secret about somebody in this building. Well I can't tell anybody at all because I'm on this particular one it's it's such a big secret and now you're all intrigued to know what it but I can't say what it is. It's well, the that, only time I've ever kept a secret.
1: That means then you can do it Yeah. if you want to only you once, can do
0: it. Only once. <laughs> Eventually I'll I'll tell people what it is, but I'm I'm not gonna tell it at the moment. So no good asking me or offering me money or things like that or bribes. <laughs> so I watched Coronation Street. Emma Dale uh, oh, good. To the headlines. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, but not not fantastic. We've got to get rid of the asylum seeker. I mean, she just seems to have moved into the village now.
1: Yeah, she has. And the
0: stupid people are going to eat at the bed and breakfast place like it's some upmarket, you know, restaurant. Just ridiculous. I can't kind of stand that woman. <laughs> oh, trust man. You love her. I hate her. Six, oh, wait to wait take for the headlines. Oh, don't forget, we've got a Roberts radio to give away, and we'll do that in a in a few minutes' time. Uh, and we've got the it's the final day of the How Low. <laughs> And it's the 50-inch Samsung Plasma and the Home Cinema. Last day today. Last day. Okay, 16 and a half minutes past six. (laughs) News headlines, Matthew Schofield. The United States is tightening up security for air passengers flying from 7.3. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen. It's LBC so excited I we'll was just, just saying to Susan Spencer as a meerkat advert on the television says it's like a film Yeah, no, it was <laughs> it runs, I thought it was a film they're on <laughs> a boat and trekking across the desert like Lawrence of Arabia uh, don't forget the 50 inch Samsung Plasma TV and home cinema can be yours lowest unique bid will win and it finishes today at 6pm so you text LBC then your bid in pence might be £1.80 in which case you text LBC 180 and send that to eight two one. competition ends 6pm Today, it must be over... It's my tummy, I do beg your pardon. <laughs> Players must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's like a waterworks inside my body. Oh, it's body. Oh, it, some days. I remember once I was doing something. What was I doing? It must have been on television. It was something. And they'd mic'd me up. And of course, it made it even worse because all oh, the could yeah. hear was my stomach. And the, the quieter I wanted it to be, the worse it got. It always oh, is. Oh, it? it was a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Anyway, so, Emmerdale. Um,
1: what are has... you not liking about Emmerdale? Because well, i I'm tell just... you what, well, they're oh. all good this week.
0: Oh, OK. We'll sell Emma Delta. I just think the Asylum Seeker story is now run on a little she's, bit...
1: Yeah, she's not in it much. I mean, that, that does kind of go in that she does get them all into trouble because she kind of gets caught, but that's a bit later on.
0: Taking them long enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, this week is the week that Sally, madwoman, kisses Ashley, and he realises all along that, that Laurel's she's... been telling the truth. Yeah. But it takes them all week to find out. Oh, but then, dim. She oh. starts to spread a malicious rumour via Edna that the two of them have been sleeping together. Um, so it's well worth watching for that because
0: don't watch boys and girls it's terrible well the the way they do
1: it is actually quite good and also this week aaron who's the guy that's at the center of the gay storyline he sleeps with his girlfriend and her brother who's the one he made a pass at is just like livid and so starts to tell everybody Mm. what he's done and it Nobody believes him, of course. They're yeah. all just like, Aaron, gay? No way. And of course, they, nobody believes him. And then he says to him at the end of the week, Look, if you dump my sister, I'll tell everybody I made a mistake. Well, of course, there's no way the guy's going to do that because <sighs> if he does that, he's admitting he's as good as admitting he's gay yeah. and he will not do that. Good storyline, though. And the guy that plays Aaron's very good. I do like him.
0: And over in EastEnders, they've got the other gay storyline running. Oh, did you see that? Well, I did see it. To be honest with you, I thought it was pretty lame acting. I'm sorry. I don't. Oh. oh was it exciting? Quite exciting, Is it she says. We like oh, it's granola. Granola, granola nibbles. Oh sh-
1: That's very attractive. That's very
0: attractive on you. That's Amanda's
1: I- just put on a, a, a bear like a nose. Bear, a
0: bear nose. As oh, if she's come out. Lots the of granola. Look, cocoa cherry pie. Oh. You don't like cherry pie. Okay. I've
1: never been here when you've had a freebie, and it's granola. Strawberry yo Okay,
0: pie, mango, pineapple. No. Amanda loves all this stuff. Is it just granola? Anything gorilla? to it healthy. Is it just granola?
1: It's
0: going to have a Oh, OK. There's all sorts of different ones. So you want to try one? You want to try pineapple? Or do you want to try cocoa cherry pie? No,
1: thanks.
0: Oh, man. you do so. <laughs> you do so, woman. Come on, try it. Yeah, because... So just while you're... O- go on, open it. It's got no... There's two rolls in here. One roll is one of your... A day. Oh, look at the strength of this woman trying to open a packet. There you go. What is it? What does it look like?
1: Granola. It looks like... I don't
0: know what granola is. Oh, right. It's cereal. Oh, is it? Oh, right. You're supposed to have it with... It's oats. Is that good for you? Mm. Listen to a crunchy one, honestly. And that all on false teeth, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. It's not bad, is it? <laughs> Only a short while ago, they were sitting in a glass <laughs> by the side of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Baked fruit nibbles. Oh, I Wait. know. No?
1: they're eating cardboard.
0: It's supposed to be good for you, though, isn't it? Mm. Do you want Stra- to try the other one, the strawberry flavour yo-yos? Stra- I don't like
1: strawberry.
0: Oh, you don't like... Oh, hopeless, isn't it? Trying to win this woman over this morning. I've got lots of those strawberry ones. It's quite nice, though, isn't it? That'll be my, my healthy side today. I like the straw. Perhaps you're supposed to eat the straw that comes with it. It's a good idea, is it? I like straw. Well, reminds straw. me of keeping rabbits. Oh, I, said, I
1: thought you meant, like, a drinking straw. I thought, if your eyes gone as well.
0: I was in Huckleberry Finn years ago, and I used to say... I used to come on stage... And Tom Sawyer, and saying, "Smoking's a pleasure, my best friend. My pipe, I puff with contentment when the corn cob is ripe." And then you burp straight That's away. Sad after. life, <laughs> just a sad life I've had, you ladies. Did did. The worst thing is I'm telling you about it, which makes me even sadder. I'm afraid. So over in East Enders, they've had this gay storyline. I don't believe that this guy is gay. He just doesn't come over as believable. You would not stand there and go, "I had to come back because you just." Because I'm in love
1: with you. I'm oh, oh, grow up, you, you mean, drip. You mean Christian? Yeah. He's just not believable. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm... What has he been in before? John Partridge. I don't know. I mean, he's gay in real life.
0: Is he? Yeah. Even more embarrassing.
1: He um, just doesn't...
0: Oh, is he? Is he mm. supposed to be gay in real life?
1: Is he supposed to be? Yeah. How do you mean? Is it common knowledge? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. He's married, I think.
0: He's a married homosexual? Well, you know. What's going on in he's life? He's in a civil partnership. Oh, right. It just mm. doesn't seem believable to me. See, I don't think that gay guys play gay guys very well. I know it seems ridiculous. I think straight guys play gay guys better.
1: I think he... I think John Partridge plays the part much better than Anthony Cotton does in Sean Tully. Oh, absolutely. But that wouldn't be difficult. No, I was not going to say. I actually, I actually thought they all acted really well in that episode, all of them, including What's gonna John happen What Partridge. is he going to do? Because he
0: said the wedding's not, only got as far as... I'm going to stop the wedding. And I thought, what's he going to do?
1: No, no. He doesn't? No, he doesn't stop. Well, because they got married, so they didn't stop the... Is that all? You, as far as you got to. Yeah, I thought Oh, asleep. no, no, he ended up being toughed out by Zainab
0: because he... She's struggling through granola through, through in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Exercising her jaws for a change. Makes a change from the mouth. No, he ended
1: <laughs> up... He goes back to the square, but right. Zainab threw him out the wedding and said, look, you know, you, you've, you told me what went on, you've had your bit, that's it, you know, uh, get out. And, and they go off on honeymoon. Um, oh, and right. yeah, but so he, he is gay, mm. right? It will come out, of course. It will. It's so yes. bland; it's got to come out. Yeah, I wasn't
0: really sure about the whole wedding thing. I found it a little bit, you know. They almost put families in there so that they can sort of do something. Go look, we're, we're terribly PC, and we're sort of, you know, Here, here's an Indian well, wedding, and I you
1: think, know. To be fair, I think the Masoods work really, really well in EastEnders. I think they got that right because remember, so many families before they got so wrong in EastEnders. Yes.
0: Well, because none of them seem to work. To- I no. like Mira Sayal anyway. Is it no, 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 no. That's not she's Mirisiel. not No. Who's
1: she's, the who's the who's the mother? I can't remember what her real name is, but she's, she's good. I like Zena. her. She's good. And the guy that plays Masood, her husband, they know each other quite well. Anyway, they've worked together lots of time before, yeah. so they work well on screen. It's
0: sickeningly good looking, aren't they? Do you think? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's funny that I think the I think, think, Saeed, the wrong I think Saeed is a good-looking guy. Yeah, but, it, but it's it's
0: just the whole sort of. They're obviously doing an Indian wedding on the cheap because they're doing it with Ian Beale.
1: Well, you know the Mendy thing that they did, which was the dancing before the pre-wedding ceremony, that was choreographed by John Partridge, who's Christian.
0: Right. He's choreographed all that dancing. Libby knows that Darren is the father of baby George.
1: Yes, she does. She found that out on Friday. Right. Because she overheard Shirley and um, Heather talking in the toilets, which is always a bad thing. You should never, in a club, a wedding, no matter where you are, discuss discuss secrets in a loo. Because
0: somebody's going to be in the cubicle, and you're outside going, so-and-so, so-and-so, and and then you know, you can always predict it, the door will open, dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum, and then you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. If you're going to talk in the toilets, you check that there's nobody in there before. Yeah. You do not do it, because you just know the minute We've all done it, though, haven't
0: we? We've all done it. You go in and you go, so-and-so, so-and-so. But you whisper it. You don't do it in a loud voice. Because the first thing you do, if you're going to talk, is you check all the cubicles, make sure there's nobody in there.
1: Well, of course, they didn't do that. And the poor girl found out completely. Oh. And then it ended like that on Friday night with sure. her comp I must,
0: I must... Just going, going back to uh, to Corrie briefly. Do you think by now Ashley's butchers might have afforded him a bigger property? Because there's barely enough room to
1: swing a meerkat in their lounge. Well, do you remember, though, last year they swapped houses with Kevin and Sally? Right. Because Ashley was going through t- um, tough times with the butchers. Yeah. And Sally and Kevin wanted to upgrade, so they swapped houses. That was why.
0: Right. They went
1: through a, a problem with debt. Right.
0: So that was why. And then David's mum... Gail. Gail is going to sell the house to give the money to the boyfriend.
1: Yeah, but the house sale falls through this week. Good. But they do get married on Friday. Because they
0: brought her son back, which Audrey brought back... But it wasn't her son at all, because I know her son. I've interviewed him, and that was not the same man. Somebody completely different. We'll talk
1: about Gail's husband after sport.
0: Oh, God! I like him, or I'm doing it.
1: London's Biggest Conversation.
0: Morning, everybody. Right, well, we start our sixth year, says Alex, with snow and frost, causing turf racing to be shelved. I know you've not seen any snow, but it's all over the country. I reckon, Alex, by Wednesday, we're going to be knee-deep in the stuff, so... Today, Monday, Lingfield off, Weatherby off. Tuesday, Leicester, inspect 8am. Monday, Taunton off. Wednesday, Hexham, 18 inches of snow, inspect Monday. Southall, frozen, inspect Monday. Thursday, Huntingdon, frozen. Ludlow, inspect Tuesday. And Friday, Bangor, frozen. Fontwell, frozen. Did you just say 18 inches of snow in, in Hexham. Hexham? 18
1: inches. On Wednesday,
0: I know, 18 inches. That's a foot and a half. It's well done.
1: Well, that's you ridiculous, see? isn't that, it? That, that, that education your parents f-
0: paid for paid off. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's oh, a comprehensive you. lad, I am. Oh dear.
1: Hexham is near Hadrian's Wall, so it's quite far up. Yeah, yeah. so I've been to Hexham. A lot yeah. of snow. Me too. We that's a for foot Hadrian's and a half. Wall.
0: You don't get a foot and a half of snow in this country. We absolutely do. Ridiculous. We've had we've had we've been knee deep in it. In fact, in Washington, knee deep in it. <laughs> do you know, I was like, am knee I talking deep. to the right When were we last knee deep in snow in London? A week ago. That wasn't In that's Hexham. That's I was there. I'm two foot tall. My head was just above the snow. <laughs> well, anyway, whatever it was, they had 18 inches. Rubbish. They did so. Last, in fact, last week, across the country, it was really bad. Yeah, well, it when we say really bad, it means we've had a couple of centimetres. Eight inches. 18 inches they had. 18 inches. <laughs> they had 18... Do you know, if it turns out to be 18 inches, you're going for a forfeit. I'm, I'm not letting you get away with it again. Deal. You, you wouldn't wear the Speedos last time. Anyway. Um, Morning. Happy New Year. And to you as well. <laughs>
1: Happy New Year. <laughs> Alex says,
0: glad you enjoyed Kempton. Didn't lose too much money. No, I didn't, thanks to all his, uh, his uh, betting. It was very good, actually. Unlike Matthew and his poor performance. <laughs> this is his only chance to be on level terms. Just a reminder, last yes, it year... Is, actually. Alex had 64 winners and 162 losers. You had 58 winners and 163 losers for a loss of £112. Alex's loss, £5.65. So here we go. We start with a clean slate. And I'm looking forward to some serious money being made here. We're off to Wolverhampton, the 505, blue lyric win only. Yeah, as Alex says, there is only Wolverhampton today, because all the rest uh, has been abandoned because of the 18 of snow. inches of snow. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you off to? Wolver- uh, Wolverhampton, to Wolverhampton. enough, yeah. Uh, the 5.35. Yeah. Join Up. <laughs> Join Up. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound like a very horsey name, does it? No. Join Up. But never mind, that's the one you're going for. Yeah. And so it's £2, as per usual. Yep. And uh, then we find out tomorrow morning. We will. All right. Nice to have you back with us. It's been nice being in profit. Yes, but well, you haven't. No. <laughs> it's as good as profit as I'm going to make. Yes, exactly. All right. We'll find <laughs> out tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Matthew Schofield. Actually, as we start a new decade here on LBC, we're going to keep you up to date with the events from across London and the world and the 18... inches in- can speak now. The 18 Inches of Snow in Hexham. But what better way to listen to LBC than with a brand new digital radio? All this week... Thanks to our good friends at Roberts Radio, we're giving you the chance to win a stylish Unologic digital radio. Clear, digital quality sound. You can even hear Steve Allen's stomach rumbling (laughs) beautifully. Comes with an inbuilt battery charger. is lightweight and portable, so you can take it out and about. All you need to do to win this Roberts Unologic digital radio is answer this question and call a special number I will give you. Where will the 2010 Football World Cup be held? A. France, B. South Africa, C. Argentina. Call 0845 6060 0845 6060 Where will the 2010 Football World Cup be held? A. France, B. South Africa, C. Argentina. 0845 6060 973. Keep listening. More chances to win with Nick Ferrari, James Whale, and Clive Bull. Okay, good luck for that one. Hopefully, we'll have a winner very, very shortly. Uh, very quickly, uh, somebody says are, are there two Susan Spences? No. There is only the one Susan Spencer. No, there's Spence. only the one. There is only the one. That's why she's, she's <laughs> here this morning. Worst actor on television is Kim Marsh's new love interest in Corrie. Worse than Maxwell Caulfield, says Bob. Really? As if that were possible. This
1: is this guy called, God, is he called Jake? Mm. He's not made any impression on me either, although I have to admit, I'm not quite sure. I was watching Maxwell Caulfield the other day thinking, good God, can you really. I did think he'd gotten better, but seriously, he's not. He really hasn't. He leaves uh, um, a week on Friday. We'll talk about that big storyline next week. But yeah, he does go. But yeah, I don't like Kim Marsh's new love interest. He doesn't know what to do with his hands. Well, it's not that. It's also um, um, Maxwell's (laughs) (laughs) hair. I mean, it's these two pages he's got. It's just like. They do look ri- good, though.
0: I quite oh, like no. them. Oh, they, oh right, just me awful. again. <laughs>
1: awful. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think. He, I think he just looks awful. I mean, I'm glad N- Amanda Donahue's not going. I really like Natasha. Yes. Um, it doesn't bother me really that that his his is going. But acting has
0: been, I mean, dreadful. <laughs> I has been but, nothing worse yeah, than dreadful. It,
1: it really, it really has been. He's been. A shown shame up.
0: really. I'm sure he's lovely.
1: Yeah, I think he is a nice guy. Mm. I think he, he genuinely. is. He's Married is, to one of. Um, Yes. The sisters. yeah sisters. Juliet. Yeah, She's a lot older than he is. A lot older, yes. Been together for years. Yeah, they have, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why he decided not to renew his contract, because she still lives in the States, and he goes back and forth, and sometimes she comes over, and I just think he's been in it a year now. I think he just thinks, nah. He's had
0: some money. Oh, we have a winner for the competition already.
1: Oh, already, good. For the
0: radio, already. So, cease calling. Cease calling. Uh, where will they? Well, you'll know this, won't you? Cease calling. Where will... Yes, you'll know this. Cease, cease. Cease. Where will the 2010 Football World Cup be held? A, France. B, South Africa. C, Argentina. Oh, South Africa. South Africa is the correct answer. And Steve in New Malden. It's winging its way to your kiddo. Well done. He knew. He knew the answer. So, huge round of applause. Yay. We'll have another one to give, uh, give away tomorrow from our friends at Roberts Radio.
1: Now, Coronation Street.
0: Aye. Gail
1: gets married on Friday to Joe McIntyre. Oh,
0: right, to Joe yeah. McIntyre. So, he used to be with John Thor, didn't he?
1: Yeah, that's right. You like him. I'm not a fan. Um, oh, you not? No, I never have been. Oh. I, I, I don't know whether it's him or his character. I can't quite work it out, but the character is a source of constant irritation to me, and I'm yeah. so pleased when he'll... Go in, you know, meet his. I death love in Gail the drink.
0: and Audrey arguing because Audrey's always right. Yeah. Now listen, Lovey. Yeah. You know, I brought your son back, <laughs> but of course it's a completely different one. You know why they've never well, recognised that? I've got no oh idea. No, and
1: I, I'm not keen on Ben Price. No. You see, I, I used to love um, Nick Tilsdale. I like the why two little they bring actors him back? He's before. Not doing anything, well, he's is he? in New Zealand. He's in a soap in New Zealand or some drama in New Zealand, oh. which is why you know they say they couldn't bring him back, whether or not they wanted to or not. I mean, he has moved on, and he, obviously he's meant to be older. But Ben Price, <laughs> for me, is just too old yeah to is Nick. too
0: old, yeah. Nick was young, blonde, yeah, this one it was a different person as we know. But... I mean,
1: I like Ben Price and footballers' wives. is it well, he wasn't football yeah I have no but idea. yeah, he was, uh, and he was good at con Conrad, I think he played or Conrad, he black, he, I think he played in it, something like that. I liked him there, but I, I don't like him in this one, but so she's going to get married on Friday. This is going to be wedding number five.
0: She's going through the street, isn't so what she? Are She's not been ones? very successful. I remember Brian Tilsley when right. they got married. Wedding number one. That was Brian. Wedding number two. Oh, I've got no idea. I can't remember. She married him twice. Oh, did she? Mm. He went to live in America and married a woman over there. Then he came back when that marriage failed. A very famous TV presenter he married in real life.
1: Christopher Quentin, wasn't yes, he? Yes, Chris Quentin. Yeah.
0: And, in fact, when, when he married her, they had the wedding reception at the Rovers... And he did backflips. He was fairly athletic, and he was very popular with the girls. He stood in for me on LBC and did did one of my shows when I was I away liked on holiday. Him. He worked for Peter Stringfellow for a That's while. That's right, yeah. He might still be doing it. I don't know. Doing one of the, um, the the nights up there.
1: Every now and again, you see his picture. Yeah, seeing what he's doing. Well, so, now
0: he's he's fifty something and he's married and with kids and all the rest of it. Mm, so Martin,
1: so, he was he was one in two. Martin. Martin. Platt. You just gave it away there. Yeah, I hadn't I know.
0: forgotten, but now now you've reminded me. His
1: father to David.
0: Yes. It was uh, wedding Did Martin number three.
1: die? No no no, Martin ran off with another woman, remember. Right. Um and then wedding number four, which I actually didn't think they got married, but after finding out more they did. Give me, Who, give me a clue. You know, um we have had him on the sh- I think you've had him in conversation. Oh, is it um Oh yes, Brian. No. No. Richard Hillman. Oh Richard Hillman. Yeah. Yes, Brad Brian. Oh, oh Brian yes. think yes. Brian I know <laughs>
0: Richard <laughs> Hillman, uh, <Brian? laughs> a daft Red woman. Cameron, yeah. Yes, yeah. he was lovely. Yeah.
1: He was um, lovely. Oh, she married was him, him, I'd forgotten. Yeah, she married him. Then, of um, course, he drove the whole family into the canal.
0: Yeah, but that's, to be honest with you, if I had that family, I'd drive them into yeah. the canal because she doesn't She doesn't really... Audrey said, now, listen, lovey. Yeah. Because she, you know she wants her to be right, and she knows that something's not right with this latest one. And she's
1: absolutely right. He and she's ends going, up,
0: Mum. I'm selling the house. Just just leave us alone. Now listen, Lovey. I don't know why. Well,
1: she offered to buy their honeymoon, pay for their honeymoon on Friday, but that's only because she got a, bit, a little bit tiddly with Lewis, who's of course um, Nigel Havers, who's yes, the she escort. Him up. Oh, wait, are you free
0: to escort tonight, Love?
1: I know. I think that's really quite amusing. Actually, yeah. I think we're going to see a whole lot more of Audrey. I do like her.
0: Yeah, she needs a bit of happiness, doesn't she? Yeah,
1: yeah. She, well, I don't, I'm not quite sure of In real guy's. life,
0: she's married to the man who was run over by, yes. what's it, in the tram in Blackpool. Who People. used to be
1: married to, who was married to Rita Fairclough. That's right, Rita Fairclough, yeah, yes. Yeah, Um So anyway, so they get married this week and um, there's all this money, to, stuff to do with these debt and everything else. How much is the-
0: Gail's house going for? Because I might want to buy it. I think it was about 121000 Well worth it, opposite a pub. And there's a kebab shop round the corner. That's all you need, isn't it, really?
1: And then it falls through. Yeah. Which is good, because you just think, oh, God, don't give your money to that I man. I can't
0: stand Kevin Webster's older daughter on the roller skates.
1: Oh. <laughs> stupid girl. <laughs> do you know what I like about that is that Who's Graham... That man driving Gra- a rickshaw? Graham. Oh. You see, I like Graham, and I think that's quite a good little thing, because he's now following around like a little puppy dog. Uh, and, of course, oh. she actually quite likes it, because he's the only one who takes any interest in her. Yeah. But her
0: hair, she's gone all sort of Stephanie Beecham with the hair.
1: Is she, well, she has kind of had to go quite bouffant for the... And she, didn't, she put it up in the pigtails of the yeah, ponytail for the... but she's the,
0: going round on roller skates, squirting shots into people's
1: mouths. Well, because she's a vodka girl. She's a promotions girl for a vodka company. But, uh, what, well, in
0: Weatherfield? I mean, <laughs> who in their right mind to send a vodka girl to Weatherfield? <laughs> she did
1: it as a freebie for Liz.
0: <laughs> very amusing. It is very funny, actually. But she, does, she doesn't look like Kevin's daughter... But well, she's overshadowed no, no, no. the other one, I'm afraid.
1: Well, that storyline, there's going to be other stuff coming up for yeah. Sophie.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, incidentally, just uh, for, for Matthew uh, Schofield, the, uh, from the Racing Post website, which we've uh, cut and pasted from Alex, look at Hexham on Wednesday, and it says here, Abandoned, 8am Monday, course crossings frozen in places, Clark of the course Jimmy Stevenson said it's not looking good. Uh, Hexham inspection on Wednesday, 7.30am. 18 inches of snow on track. Clark of the course, James Armstrong, reckons it'll take a miracle for racing to go ahead.
1: Get those speedos
0: out, Matthew. (laughs) You'll be wearing them before the end of the shift. (laughs) Quarter to seven. Uh, For the headlines, Matthew Schofield. The United States is tightening up security for. Well, there's a turn-up for the books, isn't it? So we're just watching an advert on the television, and I... With Julie Goodyear... Oh, it's been on before... Oh, I've never even seen it, with all the soap people. Is it the follow-up from the one where they turn up in the, um... in the refuse lorry, and they've got, oh, so you're here, right? Oh, it's the same sort of thing, only they've used another load of, uh, people who've disappeared, including that one from EastEnders, who doesn't do anything now. Well,
1: he's coming back, actually. Um really? Yeah. Oh, oh, God, what's God. his name? He's, um, Sonia's... X. Robbie, thank you. Robbie. Robbie, all oh, right. F- I was going to say Robbie Fowler.
0: Robbie Williams. <laughs> he's Robbie Williams coming back to East Enders, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. How cool is that? Because she's one of the
1: Fowlers. His sister's one of the yeah, Fowlers. Right. He's not Robbie Fowler.
0: But the dog's gone, hasn't it? So you can't do that. Oh, he's going
1: to be distraught when he finds out the Wellard's gone.
0: Yeah. Incidentally, just to reinforce the snow, Andy lives in uh, Burness in Northumberland. He says, we're up near Carter Bar on the border. We had two foot of snow. Hexham is only 25 miles to the south. I'll send you some pictures. We can't get out of our village. So there you go, you see um, old Matthew poo-pooing the idea that 18 inches of snow fell, there were two feet, and the course report we've had, 18 inches, so now you know. Uh, Another one here, um, Rusty says that uh, actor Garfield Morgan died the other week. You see, I didn't know who he was either, but he played Chief Inspector Frank Haskins uh, in uh, The Sweeney. Oh, I don't know. With John Thorne and Dennis Waterman. He was from Birmingham. I'd
1: probably Birmingham know born. him if I saw him. Yeah, if you saw
0: a picture of him. He's another one of these character, uh, character actors. My stomach's having a mind of its own, I'm afraid, today. It really is. It's dreadful. And there's uh, a new uh, DVD of the first ATV vintage sitcom, The Larkins.
1: Oh, and I remember if... The Larkins.
0: Not old enough to well, remember The Larkins. Well, not the, the first one, oh, right.
1: wasn't, there, wasn't there
0: a? Well, this had Peggy Mount with David Kossoff, and Barbara Mitchell was the next-door neighbour. remember Barbara Mitchell. If you saw Barbara Mitchell, you'd know a picture. Warren, Warren Mitchell appears in one episode, and two episodes feature a vicar played by Charles Lloyd Pack, who is the real-life father of Only Fools and Horses, Trigger.
1: Oh, that's right, yeah.
0: Thank you, John, for that.
1: Well, I'm thinking the Larkins, as in the Darling Buds of Me, aren't they?
0: Ah, no, that was the different ones. Yeah, that's completely that was the different. ones where. That's what I'm thinking. Perfect. Of. Yes, I never liked that. I thought it was horrible. No, I Catherine Zeta-Jones was in us. Yeah, hurt. that's right. I don't mind Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh no, no, oh, you don't, don't no. Catherine Zeta-Jones, <laughs> right? Uh, Maidstone in Kent is very icy, says Stuart. It is true, actually. It is true, and uh, and Bridget said EastEnders Enders was amazing. You can't comment on it from watching the trailer. Actors deserve awards for those episodes.
1: Well, they probably will get awards. That's one thing. Yeah. EastEnders is never short on. But I agree. I think the acting on those episodes on, on Friday, yeah. New Year's Day, was really very good. Actually,
0: yeah. They shouldn't give them awards, though. I'm afraid, Bridget. Well, we hand out far too many awards. They're a bit like sweeties now.
1: Well, they get you know British Soap Awards, yeah. the TV Awards, and Inside Soap Awards. Well, we could
0: also make them up. We 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 could have the Steve Allen LBC. 97.3 awards, and you just write to them and say, listen, you've been nominated, they'd all troop in, we give them a piece of paper and they'd go home quite happy. Yeah, they
1: would. They'd be quite honoured, so, I
0: think. Uh, and Graham says, in conversation with Roy, Hud was brilliant. Good. Podcast it. It's worth podcasting. Very good one. There's, there's some really good celebrities up there on the podcasting. And this week, there's another cracking celebrity coming up. Uh, Dee says, still two days of Christmas left.
1: Yeah, there are. It's not until a wedding seat you take Don't need to take your
0: decorations. I've taken all my decorations down in here. I
1: noticed, yes. Yeah,
0: I gave them to Johnny to take them. So, our loss, Essex's gain. (laughs) And she says, I woke up at 6am, which would have been great last week, but now you're back to 5am.
1: I'm going to have to get a laptop,
0: if only to podcast you. Mm. There you go. So, quickly, what are we looking for this Um, week?
1: Well, uh, quickly, in EastEnders, uh, Peggy is arrested under suspicion of Archie's murder oh my God. it's a little bit strange this one because it's like mm, why is she arrested and what what's the reason behind it as in why did the detective turn up but then it's this kind of an unusual thing in that somebody thinks they're being pinpointed for it and decides they'll point the finger at Peggy, everybody's all really supplied, but they, they're not telling us who it is Peggy's arrested, and then just as she's let go, she comes face to face with her accuser and is a bit shocked to find out why they've accused her, but we don't know who the accuser is. Uh, so it's worth watching. Do we know who's that. actually done it? No. We don't. No. Right. My money's still on Sam.
0: Because she's coming out.
1: Well, she's well, out. Well, it's got to be somebody, as we said, who's coming out, or somebody on the periphery. Yeah.
0: So you think Sam?
1: Sam, I think. Bradley is a possibility, as for some reason do I think Lucas but my still number one is, is Sam. Right. Um, but Glynis Barber is coming in as Glenda Mitchell this year. Oh, we week. like Glynis yes, Barber. Yes, we do. She was in Emmerdale and she's very good, but she plays yeah. Ronnie and uh, Roxy's um, mum, and the bombshell is, especially for Peggy, is that she and Archie never divorced. Oh. S- Amanda thought
0: thought she was dead. She thought the mum was dead.
1: No, no, the mum's alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's going to be there oh on my, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, marbles. they all thought she disappeared. It turned out Archie yeah. told lots of lies, as of course he does. And the mother comes back.
0: Oh dear! Oh, oh, there's a scandal ahead, I think.
1: And he's got. He's also got a son he never knew.
0: Oh my god! Another one. Mm. Bit worrying, isn't it? They've all got sons, haven't they? They all turn up, and all of a sudden there are children all over the place. You think, who are you? And they go, "This is my son." And you get, well, "Where are you from? I don't remember you."
1: Well, they, I think he's called Danny Mitchell. This one, I don't think they've cast him yet. I'm not sure. I don't think they've cast him yet, but um,
0: somebody had a footballer's wife, wasn't yeah, it? probably, <laughs> <laughs> which is sort of recently thrown out, I think, from uh, from somewhere else. But
1: all, all the soaps are actually really good this week. Tons of good storylines in all three of them. Yeah. All these, all the storylines and the podcast is up on SusanSmetz.co.uk and the Steve Allen Show and oh. the
0: Steve Allen Show. Whoop. Good. The Eel Pie Club uh, resumed this Wednesday, the 6th, which is when you take your decorations down. I know some people don't remember to because it's 12th night. The reason you take them down is because it's considered unlucky for the remainder of the year. So even if you're a bit slow in taking them down, as long as you've turned the Christmas lights off, you're all right. Really? Yeah, apparently so. You can take the stuff down over the next few days.
1: I'm quite happy to get rid of it all now. Oh, are you? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a clutter.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, So the Eel Pie Club is resuming at the Cabbage Patch on Wednesday the 6th, first gig of the 2010 season. The Grapevine Blues Band are performing, featuring top Russian guitarist Dr Iker, who's played with B.B. King. Doors open 8.30 uh, for 9.15, start, finishes 11. One of the highlights will be Georgie Fame in concert at the live room in Twickenham Stadium. Full details on eelpieclub.com. Crikey, Georgie Fame in concert. That'd be a good one. I can't remember if I've ever talked to Georgie Fame. I think I might have done, actually. I think I might have done. Don't forget, coming up with uh, Nick Ferrari, Yasmin Alibi-Brown will be looking at the papers. Plus, they're going to be talking to Anjam Chowdhury, the leader of Islam for UK. This is the Islamic group who want to walk through Wooden Bassett. We've seen the soldiers' bodies coming back. Now this Muslim group want to go through. they very small support and uh, probably end up being, I should imagine, uh, banned by the police. Plus, BAA are hurrying to install body scanners at Heathrow Airport. Does that make you feel any safer, do you think?
1: Well, or an invasion imagine, of privacy. I don't think it's an invasion of privacy because I think, oh, yeah? you know, after a while, I mean if it's if it's a case of safety, I mean, you know, but it, Then But they better I'd, look I'd, at your
0: body under your clothing. Well,
1: that's fine. You know, at the end of the day, once they once they've seen a hundred and whatever, it will be just be a case of oh, okay, it be like a doctor, you know, next.
0: Yes, but the trouble is they're not a doctor. Well, that's what I know, worries but, me. Then, but
1: it, i I just think it's probably okay actually. And I, mm. I, I I prefer that to being frisked. Every time I go through an airport I mm. get searched. I get body searched. I sometimes
0: go through three or four times just yeah. for the frisking. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying the frisking. It's like. It's one of you the know, best bits of the day.
1: doesn't matter if I take off my bell and anything yeah. else. I think, right, I've got nothing here. Next minute, and then even though it doesn't beat, she says yes. to me, Excuse me, madam, could you just cut push to one side? Yeah. And I think, oh, here we go. Because you're again. like, no, you look
0: guilty. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I was going to tell you a great story that really annoyed me yesterday. I'm going to have to do it tomorrow morning. Oh. About shopping and a shop assistant. And it's one of those, I've, I've, oh, I'll have to remember to do it tomorrow morning, so remind me tomorrow morning to tell you the story of me trying to buy one item in a shop and walking out in disgust.
1: Not the one in Homebase where you tried to buy a chair?
0: No. 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 No, this is worse. This is worse. But I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. See you very soon.
1: Yes. Happy will. New Year Happy and all the rest year of it. Happy and, and everything. Yes, and
0: everything. <laughs> whatever, whatever everything is. Find out how well... Uh, we'll see what Matthew Schofield looks like uh, tomorrow yeah, morning in his Speedos, I Oh, think. Speedo, not a spot. Speedos. Uh, I'm Steve Allen. Nick's with you after the news, but now the business update with Matthew Schofield. Steve, the chief executive of the Office of Fair Trading.